Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading this morning can be found on page 639. It's in Proverbs 6. Page 639, Proverbs 6, starting to read at verse 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. This is the word of the Lord. Well, as we stand, let me uh, pray for us. And Heavenly Father, we just pray for your help. Uh, We urgently need your help. We pray that you would open our hearts this morning uh, to receive godly instruction. And uh, more than that, we pray that you would open our hearts to receive your grace. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, please do sit down. And if you could uh, be turning back in your uh, Bibles to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 6, that uh, passage we had read to us earlier. Uh, We'll certainly be starting there. We'll be looking at some other parts of Proverbs as well. There's an American writer called Gerard uh, Kintz uh, who writes about his early life like this. He says that from the ages of 8 to 18, my my family and I moved around a lot. We, We moved around a lot. Mostly, we would just stretch, but occasionally one of us would actually get up to go to the fridge. Now, he's trying to make a a joke of it, I guess, but uh, the sad thing is that it may well have been true, and I imagine many families are, in fact, just like that. There was a report in the Lancet last year in the run-up to the Olympics that concluded that at least a third of adults are not doing enough exercise. I suppose these kind of reports come out all the time, don't they? And uh, that kind of thing has consequences. And uh, the report was saying that that probably contributed to some 5.3 million deaths per year. Laziness and complacency are now apparently just as deadly as cigarettes. Laziness can kill you. I think we're going to see that from, from the book of Proverbs this morning. But I hope we're also going to see not just in the obvious ways, not just in the obvious ways. Now, what we're doing over these summer weeks is uh, searching for wisdom. Uh, We are searching for wisdom from from the book of Proverbs, uh, but searching for it in perhaps a slightly unusual way by trying to understand as best we can uh, the foolishness of folly. And uh, this week we come to one of the great characters of the book of Proverbs, a character at once both tragic and comic, uh, the sluggard. He is the slouch, the lazy bones, the couch potato. Uh, He is a lazy, idle scrimshanker, as my father used to call me uh, when I was a teenager, and perhaps um, quite a few times since. He appears some 14 times in the books, a kind of recurrent theme that running all the way through it. 
And uh, we're going to investigate the sluggard this morning. And the idea is that as we, that we'll grow in wisdom under the fear of the Lord as we understand the sheer foolishness of being a sluggard. But I have to confess, I found that the task of uh, preparing for preaching on this character uh, to this uh, particular church family, uh, quite a challenging one. After all, you might well say, this isn't for us. You know, sure, our problem, surely our problem is, is in fact the opposite one. Uh, not laziness, but overactivity. Um, most people, certainly many people I know here, are... Far from being what you might describe as a sluggard, they're, they're overworked, overbusy, even to the point of exhaustion. You know, we're a little like the ants from our reading, but in the wrong way, you know, mindlessly active, lashed onto the treadmill of life and unable to stop. Uh, we look around and think that those who work less than 70 hours a week and are not really trying hard enough. And uh, for us to, to read this material on the sluggard in the book of Proverbs um, wrongly could be quite dangerous, couldn't it? It could make us quite judgmental of others around us, rather like a, a Sun editorial on benefit scroungers or some Victorian moralist dismissing the poor as idle wasters and sending them off to the workhouse. But the more I've thought about these proverbs on the sluggard, the more I've come to believe that, um, in fact, this does in some way apply to all of us, that we all have what we might call an inner sluggard, even if it might show itself in different ways. And it's deep down in our hearts, there's a laziness. It flows out from our rebellion against God, our creator. And if we stop to think about it, our our middle-class hyperactivity doesn't really come, if we're honest, from some sort of inner virtue. Usually it's in fact imposed on us from the outside by our jobs and careers from social expectations or, or conventions. You know, we do things like saving from the, for the future and investing in our pensions, not really out of discipline and prudence, much more because, you know, we're part of systems that encourage and sometimes even enforce such things. So whether your inner sluggard is open to view and uh, lolling around like some listless teenager, or whether it's well hidden behind a smokescreen of frantic activity. I think all of us this morning should find these proverbs speaking to us personally. I hope we're going to see that uh, we can summarize these proverbs against laziness, uh, something like this. That what they do is they encourage us to rebuke our inner sluggard, uh, to face up to being a creature, to being a creature, not a God to whom everything is simply provided on a plate, and so thereby to bring, to, to bring us to make proper and wise and godly provision for the future. That's what I hope uh, these proverbs will do for us. And that's how we're going to tackle these proverbs uh, this morning. First task is then to face up to being a creature, not a God, uh, by learning to laugh at our inner sluggard, and uh, also by learning to fear our inner sluggard. And then the second task, the final task, would be to be encouraged to make proper, wise, and godly provision for the future. Now, so let's take the first of those. This is all about facing up to being a creature, not a God. Face up to being a creature, not a God. 
And for each of the points today, uh, we're going to focus on the text that was read to us earlier from Proverbs uh, chapter 6. We'll be looking at some other Proverbs too, but this will be our main text. So if you've got that in front of you, uh, take a look at verses 6 through to 8 there. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So then here, right at the beginning, this is the first mention of the sluggard in Proverbs. Right here at the beginning is a summary of what Proverbs says to our inner sluggard. Go to the ant and consider its ways. What a very, very strange thing to say. Go to the ant. Why? What, 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 can I, what can I learn from an ant? What can I learn from something that's just a, a few millimeters long, a, a sort of annoyance, a, a nothing? What, what have I got in, in common with an ant? Well, as it happens, we all have something uh, in, very important in common with the ant. Is he like the ant? We are creatures like the ant. We have been created by God and uh, placed in his creation uh, to work and to enjoy and to love and to provide for ourselves and to provide for others. And this, I think, I guess, gets to the heart of it. This is what, deep down, we do not like. This is what we rebel against. Uh, At the heart of being a sluggard is an unwillingness, a reluctance to accept this, to, to, to accept being a creature. Uh, you'll already know if you describe yourself as a Christian, the essence of, of sin is really rejecting the role of the creature, wanting to take on the privileges of God, wanting to take on the privileges of the creator. It's that desire which overcame humanity in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. That is, there's something deep in us that would like to be a God. You know, we would like to be some sort of bloated tyrant sitting in a palace demanding to be pampered. You know, bring me food, bring me pleasure, bring me laughter. And uh, when those things don't come, quite often we just sort of shut down like some spoiled child and sulk and refuse to do anything at all. And that is what happens when our inner sluggard takes over. In other words, when we're like the sluggard, you know, we don't get it. We don't get that we're not gods. We're creatures. We're creatures under God. But the thing is, the ant does get it. Ants are amazing. Ants know who they are and what they need to do. And uh, you can see it there in verse 8. Storing up in the summer, storing up when times are good, providing for the future. And through such prudent behavior, ants uh, have been amazing in the world. They've occupied the entire earth, apparently, apart from Antarctica. They create vast, organized colonies. Amazing things when you come and look at them. And uh, this is an amazing fact that I picked up from Wikipedia this week. If you take all the land animals in the world and sort of bunch them all together and, and, uh, and weigh them, you find that some 15 to 25% of all the animal mass in the world is ants. 
It's just extraordinary. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. The ant does that without any kind of external compulsion. Verse 7, it's got no commander, no overseer, no ruler. There's no pension scheme. There's no investment plan. There's no boss at work telling them what to do. It just naturally knows what it is and what it needs to do for the future. What about us? Well, it seems that we are not so clear who we are and what we should be doing. Very often, it seems, we won't do anything at all without some kind of external pressure or compulsion. So on the one hand, we've got this ant, barely a brain at all. And then on the other, here we are. We're apparently supposed to be the pinnacle of creation, given dominion and responsibility over every other creature. And yet here we are, shamed by one of the smallest and least significant of creatures, shamed by the ant. So it may well be that in some areas, the external pressure means that in some respects, we are not sluggards. The, you know, the pressure of our career, for example, means that in the area of life we work, that area of life, we work our fingers to the bone. You know, so we might think of ourselves as not a sluggard. What about the areas of life where the, the pressure is not so strong? Well, the very same person who works like a dog in one area may well be a sluggard in another. A sluggard as a husband or a wife. A sluggard as a father or a mother or a son or a daughter. A sluggard as a neighbour. Uh, we'll be thinking as we go through it a little more the many ways in which even the most active of us can act like a sluggard. So then here we have a building full of sluggards. Even though you got up this morning and made it here, we have a building full of sluggards. Being a sluggard just really flows out from our sinful nature, our reluctance to live as responsible creatures under God. We, we can try to constrain our laziness by force, and maybe in some areas we're successful in that. But the laziness will always squeeze out one way or another. So what can we do about our inner sluggard? Well, the book of Proverbs suggests two things. And the first is, laugh at it. That's our next point. Face up to being a creature, not a God, by laughing at your laziness. And just take a look at how this works. Uh, you can see it there in verse 9. We have to sort of picture ourselves in our, in our most kind of sluggardly state. And uh, then, if you like, go out of our, uh, uh, ourselves, in a sense, picture ourselves looking at ourselves in that state. And, and this is what we should say to ourselves. Verse 9, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? And the book of Proverbs has uh, plenty of fun to make of this kind of sluggardly behavior. Now let me show you just a a few of them. And uh, we're going to look at a little collection of Proverbs in uh, chapter 26. You'll find that on page 600. 62, page 662, Proverbs chapter 26. There are four little proverbs here on the sluggard. 
First of all, take a look at uh, verse 14. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. It's very explicit uh, laziness, of course. Um, I guess probably most of us have done it sometimes in our lives. And um, it's a great image, isn't it? Um, I suppose in some sense this slug is, isn't entirely static. It, uh, he is moving, but, you know, not very far. Give him a push in bed, and he rolls over. Push him again, and he rolls back. It's like he's hinged on the bed, rolling to and forth through the night. But it's not really much of an existence, is it? Turning to and fro like a door. Uh, Jared Kintz, who I mentioned at the beginning, who seems to be some sort of expert on on laziness, uh, says this, I'm not a very good sleeper, but you know what? I'm willing to put in just a few extra hours every day to get better. Uh, Which is, in some ways, I guess, kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad. Take care of the next proverb here, verse 15. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. This really is exposing the mindset of the sluggard. Remember, the sluggard doesn't want to be a creature with creaturely responsibilities. He or she wants to be a god or a goddess, a king or a queen. The sluggard in us wants things to come to us. And uh, sure, I guess this this is a caricature. You know, the food is there. But this slugger can't even bring himself to get it to his mouth. Refuses to do it. Can't be bothered to do it. You might think, well, that's a bit extreme. But I suppose in many ways we're doing this kind of thing all the time, aren't we? God has placed many rich and varied possibilities and opportunities all around us in his creation. But most of the time it's just easier not to bother Uh, One last example from this collection up in uh, verse 13. Uh, The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. Now I guess if there really were a a lion outside or murderers waiting in the shadows, perhaps it, it might make sense to do nothing, to stay at home, to stay in bed or whatever. But uh, this is, of course, an idle excuse. This kind of... uh, this is, I suppose, uh, procrastination and excuse-making taking to an extreme. But again, it's, it's getting to the heart of, uh, of the sluggard mindset. You see, the sluggardness doesn't trust God or the situation he's placed us in. doesn't trust that it's safe. It resents being expected to do things where there's a possible uncertainty or, or danger. And so we hold back. We, we do nothing from fear of exposure, from fear of failure, or just, you know, from, a, just from fear. <clears throat> now, even if we're not sluggards of the, the can't-get-out-of-bed variety, most of us, at some point, are sluggards like this, the excuse-making sluggard, the procrastinator. Uh, I hate to tell you how much I procrastinated writing up this sermon over the last couple of days. And it was a genuine procrastination. I wasn't just doing it for ironic effect. And uh, most of us want to get rid of our procrastination. I think we would say that if you asked us. You know, I, I do want to get rid of my procrastination. But then we think, ah, 
I'll give it up tomorrow. So laughing at our laziness is the first strategy that Proverbs encourages and suggests. But the second is this. This is our next point. And this is to face up to being a creature, not a God, by fearing your laziness. By fearing your laziness. Now turn back to our main text. This is Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, it's page 639. Proverbs chapter 6. Take a look at uh, verses 10 and 11. Spell out the consequences of this kind of inappropriate inactivity. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. Later on in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24, a very similar passage And as a wise person says this, he says, I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. And many of the proverbs on the sluggard simply spell out the consequences The sluggard craves and gets nothing. That's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns. That's Proverbs 15, 19. That is, despite every desire for an easy life, the irony is that it's the sluggard who has the hardest. But perhaps the principle is most clearly spelled out in black and white. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25. No need to turn to it. I'll just read it out uh, to you. Proverbs 21, verse 25. The sluggard's craving will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. And uh, there we see it again. The stubble, stubborn desire to receive without work, to just receive like a god or a king rather than working to give and love like the best of God's creatures. Now, I think we're kind of familiar with this kind of instruction. Uh, Dickens' novels, for example, are full of this kind of morality, you know, the self-styled, aspiring gentleman who feels he deserves his leisure and pleasure and shouldn't have to work for it. Uh, Think of Pip in Great Expectations or William Dorrit in Little Dorrit. Uh, Their aspirations get them nowhere, of course, It all comes to a sticky end. Even today, I guess it's it's quite possible to idle or sleep yourself to an early death. We might doubt that, of course. Surely we say someone's going to look after me when it's all gone. The the state will intervene in some way. Some relative will come to my aid. I know of a number of people who seem to be thinking that way, making very little provision for the future materially, But even if someone does bail us out, it's hardly a good way to live, is it? The Apostle Paul speaking to some in Thessalonica, seeking to live an idle life supported by a patron. Very blunt in applying the biblical principle, the the Proverbs principle in this area. And his rule was very, very simple. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. Uh, But let me say again that even if we're not as sluggard and provided materially for the future, and most of us um, probably do provide materially for the future in one way or another, 
Other kinds of laziness can be just as dangerous for the future. It's interesting, isn't it? Before people get married, there's usually nothing they won't do for their future spouse. You know, they're a, they're a, a whirl of activity and service and love. But after the marriage, uh, sometimes quite soon, the laziness and the complacency creep in. And those things can kill a marriage. Uh, we know, don't we, that relationships take work, they take effort, they take energy. And uh, without those things, they will die. Uh, and there's a deeper sense in which laziness can be the death of us, as uh, we'll see uh, towards the end. So then, fear your laziness. It can kill you. It can certainly kill your relationships. Laugh at your laziness. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Face the facts. You are a creature, not a god or a king or some idle celebrity. And so then, the final task is, and this is our final point, uh, to make proper, wise, and godly provision for the future. So back in our text from Proverbs uh, chapter 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. No commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet storing its provisions in the summer, gathering its food at the harvest. I want us to be clear, very clear, what uh, Proverbs is not saying here. Now, Proverbs is making fun of and warning us about inappropriate inactivity. But it's not warning us about appropriate rest and downtime. After all, remember that for God's people, rest is, is built into the fabric of the week. And in many ways, the whole book of Proverbs is, is an encouragement to stop and to think and to reflect upon the direction of our lives. And that takes some downtime. That takes some, some moving away from, from activity. Uh, so those of us, for, for health reasons, uh, need to rest in order to engage with life the remainder of the time, need not feel guilty in doing so. That's not sluggardly behavior. Uh, those of us who are uh, relatively introverted, uh, like myself, and need to rest in order to engage with noisy, talkative people the remainder of the time, need not feel guilty uh, in doing so. Uh, after all, we, you know, we have important work to do, uh, helping them to be reflective, uh, which can take quite a lot of energy. That kind of rest is wise behaviour. It's not sluggardly behaviour. Proverbs is also not saying to relatively active or extrovert people, don't worry, you're doing just fine. As we've, already, we've already seen, I hope, you could be frantically active in one area of life and the, and the worst of sluggards in another. And many such people may well need to stop and reflect upon whether they're doing the right thing, not just any old thing. Now what Proverbs is doing is encouraging us all to engage with the world as God has made it and as God has made us. He has made us to tend and care for and work in the world and then to eat. And then to enjoy the fruits and the relationships that come out of that. And that does mean, that means following the example of the ant, making proper, wise provision for the future. 
And uh, as we finish, let's just think about three areas where we might do that a little better. First, most obviously, I guess, uh, the material realm. It, it is good and right to provide materially for the future, just as the ant does. Uh, not just so that we can continue to live and to love and to serve, uh, but also that we can, as best we can, avoid being an unnecessary burden on others. That is uh, New Testament teaching, just as much as it is Old Testament teaching. And it may well be, I mean, I don't know, but it may well be that there are one or two of us here this morning who need to think that kind of thing through. But secondly, the relational realm. Now this, I think, for us is probably getting much closer to the bone. And my own list here is long. Areas where I could do much better, be much less sluggardly. You know, in my marriage, uh, towards my children, uh, towards my neighbours. All relations where I'm in danger of being lazy, and where I could reap and create bad consequences in the future, both for myself and for others. So let me encourage you to think that through. Are you being lazy in your marriage? Are you being lazy towards your family, your friends, your neighbours? But finally, uh, the spiritual realm. That is, in regards to our relationship with God, Uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is, of course, what matters most. You know, if we do not work, we may not eat in the future. If we do not exercise, uh, we may die young, as we were hearing uh, from the Lancet right at the beginning. Laziness can kill you physically and uh, can kill off our closest relationships too. But if we're lazy towards God, then that's much more serious. Then, really, there's no hope at all. That kind of laziness is guaranteed to be fatal. And just to prove this to you, um, I want to finish by reading to you from Jesus' parable of the rich fool. Uh, This is from Luke Chapter 12, um, it's uh, on page 1045 if you want to follow along, but I'll just read it to us. Uh, The parable of the rich fool. I won't read all of it, but I'll read uh, the main part of it. Now, the context here is that uh, someone has asked Jesus to arbitrate in a quarrel about an inheritance uh, where the concern was merely to make material provision for the future. And uh, then from verse 16... Jesus told them this parable. He said, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tend out my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take like easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Now I hope you uh, find that quite remarkable given what we've just seen from Proverbs. Because at first glance in many ways uh, the rich man seems to be following the the wisdom of Proverbs chapter 6 verses 6 to 11. Like the ant, he's storing up in the good times to provide for the future. And yet, and yet, Jesus says, 
God says, you fool. You see, what uh, Proverbs is doing is rebuking us when we behave in ways that are more foolish than an ant. Uh, but we have to say it's not enough to be like an ant. Uh, being an ant, an ant, like an ant, storing up materially for the future is, is not enough. Because although we are like the ant in some ways, we are, of course, more than ants. You know, we are people who have been made in the image of God for an eternal relationship with God, dependent upon him through Jesus for that relationship. We've seen this morning, I hope, that um, you know, our laziness, for example, goes very, very deep, that, that it's, it's effectively impossible for us to constrain it on our own. You know, we need help. We need mercy and grace. And uh, there's much more to say about this, of course, but uh, that help comes from Trusting and following the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was and is never lazy in the pursuit of God's honour and purposes. And this is the key thing in the end. This is what really matters. You see, we, we neglect that relationship. If we are lazy in that relationship and uh, ignore the longer, eternal future, then we are just as much a fool as the most idle, lazy dissipated, sluggard in the world. So this then is the final step. Remember, the steps go like this. We are not gods. We're not even kings. Most of us are not members of the idle aristocracy or the leisure classes. We are creatures. Like other creatures, we need to work to eat and provide for the future, both materially and relationally. But we are also unique among the creatures and that means we need to make provision not just for the short term uh, not even just for the long term but for eternity and uh, thanks be to God uh, we can find that provision in the Lord Jesus Christ well let's pray together Our Heavenly Father, we confess that although uh, we may have felt uh, these proverbs slightly puzzling or about someone else, we are deeply convicted uh, by the rebuke to laziness in them and are conscious that that laziness goes very, very deep right into our rejection of you and our rejection of being creatures. So we pray earnestly that you would deal with that that you would help us to see the absurdity of that kind of position, that you would help us to see the dangers, and that through the Lord Jesus Christ, you would bring us to depend upon you and to provide properly for the future and even our eternal future in him. And we ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen.